Well, good morning, everybody. Great to see you. I'll take your bits and bobs. That's lovely. That won't you say? Anyone like a hamper bag? First hand up can have one. There you go. <laughs> Usually give out books and prizes, don't you? But we're giving out hamper bags today. Well, really good to see you this morning. I haven't met you before. My name's Joe Hemming, and Nigel and I lead the church here. And if you're a guest with us, really welcome. If you're a regular, you'll know that we have been having a series running over the past several months where we've been looking at how to push into more of God, what that means. Not just to kind of long for more, not to kind of think there must be more than this, but actually how do we really step in to experience and encounter more of God? And some of you may well, as you know, quickly put your hands up, have felt or encountered God during the worship this morning. And that's a great thing. And today I'm going to be talking about some people who experience or encounter God in different ways. There are three different people we're going to be looking at. And we're also going to be having some time to connect with him and meet with him ourselves. And also, I've had a couple of people speak to me who said that they would have loved to bring along friends or family members this morning, but for very practical reasons, they couldn't come. And so there are other people who want to encounter God, but who can't be in the room with us. But that is no barrier to God, and we're going to have some time to think about them and to pray for them later as well. So if you've come today and there's somebody really on your heart and you think they really need to connect with God, then we'll have the opportunity to to bring them to Jesus together ourselves too. Well, I don't know how festive you're feeling. Um, Friday evening, we had a wreath-making workshop here, making our Christmas rag wreaths, and that was my first kind of step into feeling a bit Christmassy. We were playing... um, a Christmas playlist on over the, the speakers kind of on loop. So by the end, we're all a little bit sick of Oh Come All You Faithful, but it got me a little bit into the Christmas spirit. And I looked up today, and it's only 29 days till Christmas. I don't know about you, but it, it feels funny, doesn't it? The sun's streaming through the window. We've still got the autumn leaves on the trees. But Christmas is coming. And as you know, Christmas is a time when we, we remember the fact that Jesus came to earth. He came as a baby. He came to be with us. And there's a lovely name, a name in Hebrew, that some of our carols sing about. It's the name Emmanuel. And that's a name that's given to God. And Emmanuel means God with us, God with skin on. And the truth is that God in heaven, the creator of all, chose to come to earth as a baby and to live a human life, an ordinary life. And so he knows what it's like to be like us. He knows what it's like to have fun and to party. He knows what it's like to feel disappointed. He knows what it's like to have a family. He knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like to be in pain or hungry. There are times in his life when he was homeless. He's experienced all these different things. He knows what it's like to be us. And the wonderful thing that Christmas, that we're looking forward to, shows us and tells us is that God wants to be with us and wants to meet with us. And you know, today as a healing and encounter service, Paul was reminding me this morning, in some ways this is just the same as every other Sunday service that we hold, because God always wants to meet with us. But also in some ways it's kind of special because we've said today we want to open the doors, invite people who wouldn't usually have that experience to come and be with us and join us. And if that's you today, thank you for having the courage to come. And we're really glad that you're here and we pray that you will meet with God in a special way. So we're talking about Jesus. Jesus is one who longs to meet with us. He meets us where we're at. He knows what we need and he treats us as individuals. And meeting him changes us for good. I love that thought, having a cup of coffee with Jesus. And today I'm going to tell you about three different people in the Bible who encountered Jesus. And their stories are very different, but they all have some common threads. 
And they encourage us that if God made the effort to step into the ordinary lives of very ordinary people way back then, then he's the same God who wants to do the same today. That he wants to step into our ordinary everyday lives and make a difference. So if you've got a Bible, then please would you turn with me to Luke chapter 19. If you haven't got one, I am going to read this. But if you've got one, grab one or it might be on an app on your phone. And we're going to hear, first of all, the story of a man called Zacchaeus. We're starting at verse 1. So Jesus entered Jerusalem and he was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save what was lost. So Zacchaeus was a tax collector. What little picture. You may, if you were at Sunday school ever, you may well know this story about the little man who climbed a tree. So he was a tax collector, but not only that, he was a chief tax collector. And that made him an outsider in his community because he would have grown up with all the other Jewish boys, grown up in the Jewish faith, known the stories. But at some point he decided that he was going to work for the Romans, the occupying force of the day. And his job was to collect taxes and give a certain amount to Rome at the end of the year. But the thing was that actually the the laws and the rules about how much money you had to give to the Romans were quite complicated. And often it was just the tax collectors who knew exactly how much was required and how much needed to be paid. So it was very easy for them to ask people or demand more and then keep that themselves. And this Bible passage tells us that Zacchaeus was wealthy. And later on, we know that he's needed to give money back to people. So he's always been taking money off them that he shouldn't have done. So he was a powerful and a rich man. But also he would have been despised by his community because he was working for the enemy. And in the Bible, it tells us that he wanted to see Jesus, but he couldn't because of the crowd. And so had he been a powerful and popular man in the Middle East, probably just like here, culture would demand that the crowd would have parted and he would have been allowed to walk through to see Jesus. But actually, the passage suggests that people weren't going to be letting him through. Why should they let him through? He's the enemy. So instead, he did something that was very, very undignified and that powerful men don't usually do. He ran ahead of the crowds and he actually climbed a tree. And I read about this and it said that this would have been unheard of really in the Middle East for somebody in his position to do this kind of thing. But he really wanted to see Jesus. He really wanted to see who Jesus was. The passage also tells us that he climbed a particular kind of tree. It was a sycamore fig tree. Now these trees have quite low branches at the bottom, which I imagine was handy if you're quite small like he was. Didn't have far to get his leg up on there. And they also have big leaves. And the suggestion is really that Zacchaeus was trying to hide. He wanted to see who Jesus was. They didn't really want anybody else to know that he was looking. 
But if you remember from the story, Jesus walked along and he came to the tree. He looked up and he says, Zacchaeus, come down. So how did Jesus know his name? Well, one suggestion is that Zacchaeus was trying to hide, but Jesus could see him there. And that suggests, actually, that probably a number of people in the crowd could see him there too. He thought he was hidden, but Jesus saw him. And maybe those people in the crowd were jeering or laughing or insulting him because this supposedly powerful guy was there, stuck up a tree. And Jesus did something incredible because usually in those days, he would have been invited to have hospitality at somebody else's home, somebody who was deemed by the community to be right and honourable and good. But actually Jesus chose and said to Zacchaeus, I want to come and meet with you. So there he was, trying to hide from Jesus, trying to look and observe. But actually Jesus called him by name and said, Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house. I want to be friends with you. And maybe today you're feeling like you're a bit of an outsider. Maybe you've even come today just to have a look. Maybe you want to see who Jesus is. And if that is you, you are really welcome. And we encourage you to come and have a look. But more than that, Jesus really wants to come to know you, effectively to come to your house, to be your friend. He wants you to encounter him and to meet him really personally, not from a distance up a tree, but actually face to face, kind of over a coffee or over a meal. Zacchaeus was one of the town's oppressors. He was hated and he was despised. But Jesus affirmed him and gave him a brand new beginning. And that's what he offers to all of us today. So that's our first character, Zacchaeus. The second story that I want to tell you about from the Bible is a woman. And she, her story can be found in three different eyewitness accounts. We're going to be looking in the book of Mark, and it's in chapter 5 if you've got a Bible, and verse 24. If you haven't, you can just listen along. But you know, her story was seen to be so important that actually three different writers of the Bible wrote down about it. So you can also read about her story in Mark and in Luke as well. This lady doesn't have a name, and yet something really important happened to her. So Jesus again was traveling. He was surrounded by a crowd. It says a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that the power had gone from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around you, his disciple answered, and yet you can ask who touched me. The implication is, look, everyone's jostling, everyone's touching you. How can you see who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So this lady was a completely different situation to Zacchaeus. 
She'd suffered from bleeding for 12 years. Now, we don't know the nature of her particular woman's problem, but they call it hemorrhaging in some versions of the Bible. And at least half of us in the room can imagine maybe about some of the pain and the tiredness and the weariness and the discomfort that might have accompanied that. But not only was she really ill, actually, this constant bleeding would have meant that she was unclean in her society. Because of the laws in the Old Testament, if you did suffer from bleeding like this, then other people had to stay away from you. It was considered that you had to be kind of shunned by society. Because if you, who were effectively holy and clean, touched somebody or encountered somebody who wasn't, then their contamination affected you and you had to go and get cleaned up all over again. So this poor lady, not only had she been ill for this long, but actually she'd been shunned by her society for this long. She wasn't allowed to be part of community. She certainly wasn't allowed to go to the temple and to worship. And that hadn't been just for a few minutes, for a few weeks or months. That had been for 12 years. And the dear lady had gone to the doctors and she spent all her money. And yet it says that she had just got worse. Things were pretty dire. Just imagine her desperation. I don't know how you would have responded in that desperate situation. I was thinking, I wonder whether I would just have sat down and kind of given up, really. But something within her made her just reach out for more. Something within her made her just have some hope to hang on for a bit longer. And in her desperation, she turned to Jesus. She'd heard the stories of Jesus, maybe his power, maybe his healing. And she had faith that the same could happen to her. And I wondered how premeditated this was. I didn't know whether she'd heard a day or so ahead, Jesus, the great teacher, is coming. Or maybe she'd just woken up that morning and gone, tried to go to buy some, something in the market, and she'd heard a stir and thought, actually, I really want to connect with Jesus. But she took a moment of courage. She reached out to touch the bottom of his cloak. And that moment of courage completely changed her life. And maybe today you've come in desperation. Maybe you've come on behalf of a friend or a family member, as I said earlier. Somebody who needs a touch from God. Maybe you've tried everything else yourself and you just don't know where to go. And today there's an opportunity to reach out to Jesus. An opportunity to ask him for an encounter. An opportunity to ask him to come and meet you and bring change. So the woman was reaching out for Jesus. And the thing is, she really wanted to kind of have a secret, quiet connection with Jesus, didn't she? In the crowd, she didn't want to make a fuss. She just wanted to reach out and touch his cloak. But instead, he stopped everything. He stopped the traffic. He turned round. He made a scene. And in doing that, I wonder if that just made her... Well, it probably did. It looks like it made her feel terrible for a moment, didn't it? Because the crowd was going, oh, it's her. Oh, my goodness. Well, if he touched her, she probably came and jostled and touched me. Does that mean I'm unclean now? But actually, there's a lovely verse in here. In Matthew, it says, Jesus turned and he saw her. And when I read that, I think he didn't just see this heap of humanity on the floor just reaching out. He was just exhausted and desperate but he turned and saw who she really was and I love that I wonder if you've ever had an experience when you feel that Jesus has really seen you 
a moment when you feel like you've been able to look into his eyes, maybe in, inside the eyes of your heart, and see the love and the compassion and the kindness and the gentleness of Jesus. And I would love us just to take a moment now. I just encourage you, you might want to shut your eyes. We're going to pause, and I'd love you to imagine that you're gazing into the face of Jesus, knowing that he loves you, that he sees you as you are. What would he say to you in this moment? And maybe that is a new experience for you. But the Jesus who knows you and loves you welcomes you. And he made that encounter with him, although she wanted it to be very private, he made it very public, not to embarrass her, but to affirm her. In front of everybody, he said, daughter, your faith has healed you. He affirmed her for who she was. She was a woman, and she was somebody who had a faith and a confidence in him. And that encounter with Jesus would have changed her life, would have changed her life for good. So the third person we're going to look at now encountered Jesus in a different way. You know, after Jesus had lived a perfect life, he was born as a baby as we celebrate at Christmas, he lived a perfect life. And then another major event in the Christian calendar is Easter, when we remember that Jesus died on a cross and did that to take the blame for the things that we've done wrong. But that wasn't the end of the story. And if you've ever seen the story Godspell, and it ends with Jesus on the cross, and at the end I was going to go, no! It didn't end there because three days later he rose again. Let's <laughs> do some jazz hands. <laughs> three days later he rose again. And he did that so that we could have friendship with God and be part of God's big story. I love all the, the bits. <laughs> so I'm joking. I'm thinking about the bells at the beginning, the songs at the end, what's coming next? <laughs> The chat that we're going to look at next is a man called Saul. And we read his story in the Acts. So we're going to about four-fifths of the way through the New Testament, if you've got a Bible. And we're looking at Acts chapter 9. So this guy was a guy who encountered Jesus after Jesus had died. He's ridden from from death and he'd gone back to heaven. And Saul was a highly qualified Jew. He came from a great family. He had a fantastic education. And he hated followers of Jesus. In those days, they were called followers of the way. He did everything he could do to wipe them out, quite literally. And the story is told in Acts chapter 9, so we'll start at verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters for the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found anybody there who belonged to the way, that means anyone who was following Jesus, whether men or women he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And the ultimate aim was that they would be killed there. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you're persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. The men travelling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they didn't see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and didn't eat or drink anything. 
And then the story goes on and says that three days later, God sends somebody, Ananias, to go and pray for Paul, and he received his sight back. So this was a pretty dramatic encounter with God, wasn't it? I mean, the other ones are pretty powerful and significant, but this was very different. A light flashed from heaven, and Paul fell to the ground and was blinded for three days. He heard the the audible voice of Jesus speaking to him. And then three days later, he experienced a touch from God that meant he was healed, that his sight was given back again. Now, when we ask for more of God, we never know how he's going to meet us. And sometimes he does meet us in powerful and dramatic ways. Sometimes he meets us in calm and gentle ways. It's not for us to decide because he's God. But this experience changed Paul's life completely. He'd gone from breathing out murderous threats, trying to persecute the church, to becoming one of the chief spokespeople of the Christian community. And in fact, he wrote loads of letters which form a big good part of the New Testament of the Bible that we know today. Paul was restricted in his view of God. He only had a really short or small snapshot of who God was and what he was like when he was following the God of the Jews. He was trying very hard to keep the rules. But this encounter with Jesus changed everything for him. And as a result, he had a whole new purpose and mission for his life to share that love and that experience of God with everybody else. And maybe you can relate to Saul and his name was changed actually to become Paul. Maybe you've been someone who's criticised or maybe even persecuted or teased those who know Jesus. Maybe you've got plenty of religious arguments like Saul had, but you've never actually met Jesus. And in the Bible, in James, it tells us that God is the same yesterday, today and forever. He still wants to meet us, to meet people where they are. And if we just look back and think about those three stories, he met Jesus where, sorry, he met Zacchaeus where he was hiding up a tree. He met that woman where she was, trying to be faceless in a crowd. He met Saul, where he was, walking along a road with murder on his mind. Jesus met them in very unique situations. And so where are you on your journey today? Because Jesus wants to meet you wherever you are. He meets us where we are, but he also knows exactly what we need. He knows Zacchaeus needed acceptance and a brand new start, being shunned and and treated like an outsider. That woman who had severe bleeding needed healing and affirmation. And Saul needed a power encounter, a very real and tangible experience of God, and a new start, a new mission for his life. I suppose, what is it that you need today? Perhaps you've come because you do need healing. Maybe you need healing in your body, but maybe you need healing in your mind. Maybe you've come because you don't really have a purpose and you need a purpose for your life. And that's something that Jesus can give and wants to give to each of us. And the third thing that's common to all of these stories is that when we meet with Jesus, it changes us for good and for good and for the good. And Zacchaeus was changed, wasn't he? Where he'd stolen from people, he said he was going to give generously. That woman was changed. She was healed and would have been able to participate in community again. 
And Saul was changed because he lived the rest of his life passionately sharing the love of God and not just following the rules. And so one thing to think about is, if you have an encounter with Jesus, then what difference will it make? What is the difference that you long to see in your life that only Jesus can bring? So we've looked at how Jesus loves to meet people. And I know the truth is that he hasn't changed and he loves to meet us where we're at too. So what I'm going to encourage you to do now is I want to encourage everyone to stand together. And we've said that this is an encounter service. You know, when I woke up this morning, I just was chatting to the Lord and I said, Lord, I can say what I can say. But the truth is, it's only an encounter service if you come and encounter people. This isn't something that me or Chris or anybody could whip up or do. We can just invite God to come and see what he wants to do with us. So I just encourage you, we're going to be, have to be quiet for a moment. The band may well come back in a bit, but we're just going to be quiet for now. And I'm going to pray, and then we're going to wait and see what God wants to do. So Jesus, thank you so much that you are a God who loves us. Thank you that you love to meet with us and you know exactly who we are, where we are, and what we need. And we welcome you now. We say, come Holy Spirit and meet us now. And so we're just going to wait. We're waiting well and we're just going to wait a little bit longer. Come Holy Spirit and do what you want to with us. And there's a sense of stillness and peace in the room, and that's God's presence. And it might be that whilst everyone's got their eyes closed, like that lady, you feel like you want to reach out to God today. And you can do that kind of inside your heart if you like to, but you might actually want to reach out a hand today to reach out to Jesus, to encounter him. So if you do, stretch your arms out. Thank you, Jesus, for the beautiful stillness of your presence. Thank you that you are meeting people as I look around the room. For that sense of your peace resting on us. I just ask for more of your presence. And in this moment, maybe like Zacchaeus, you feel like you want to turn back to faith. It might be that you've had a faith in the past, or maybe you never have. But today you've seen something of Jesus. And you realize you want to turn away from the way that you have been living and live life for him and with him. that's you then I just encourage you if you haven't got your eyes closed please do close your eyes and if that is you I encourage you why don't you pop up your hand now as a way of marking yourself out and saying yes that's me today I'm responding today and you might want to say the words of this prayer after me 
Jesus, thank you that you see me. Thank you that you want to meet with me. And I say yes to you. And yes to all that life with you means. Come and forgive me for the things I've done wrong. And please wash me clean. And fill me with your presence, your dear Holy Spirit, so that I can live life well with you. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time today, come and see me then, because I'd love to give you just a little book that can help you in that journey. God is here and if you are really engaging with him then great things can continue as you are but if you're not I just encourage why don't you kind of just shake your hands and stamp your feet and just kind of move around a bit because we've been standing for a little while God doesn't require any kind of hype he's here and he's moving and he's touching people now we're going to we've invited people to come who need healing and so now we're going to have an opportunity for healing and so there are a couple of folks who beforehand had some particular, they were talking to God and they had some what we call words of knowledge. It's where you think that God has given you a suggestion about what he wants to heal today. So why don't we sit down for a minute and rest your legs. And if you've got any of those, I know Katya spoke to me, I think Lynn, anybody who's got any specific words of what God wants to heal today, come up now. Steve, yeah, great, brilliant. Oh, Mike, thanks. So what have you got, Steve? Um, hi, I was just reminded of a couple of members of my family one had a dread of death all her life, and when she given her heart to Jesus, it went, and she was so it was remarkable. And also, another member of the family had this terrible um, self-loathing, and after prayer and forgiveness of someone in her life, about three months later, she said, "You know, ever since that day you prayed, I've never felt suicidal or, or self-loathing." Great, thank you. Okay, good. So. If that relates to anybody, we'll have an opportunity to pray in just a moment. So who else? Anybody else got some specific words for healing? Ellie, lovely. So this is what we've done is we've just tried to listen to what God has to say and he's just highlighting some different things. Um, I just had a sense that as we heard about the lady who had had hemorrhaging, that that there may be women here who've got gynecological issues that God really wants to touch and um, heal today. Thanks. And positive catch That's great. So I believe God wants to heal hips and feet today. Okay, and then... Hi, I realise this is a bit general, but just get chronic, that if anything's been around for a while, we, we really want to see it healed today. Okay, great. So the reason for giving out these specific words is that if you suffer from any of those things, then it's really encouraging to go that, know that God knows you by name and he knows what you're experiencing. And so if you have come with any of those particular things, or you've come on behalf of somebody who has, we'd love to have a chance to pray, so... Should we go with the chairs? What do you think? Yeah. 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 So can I suggest, why don't we stand up together? Band, why don't you come back? 
That would be lovely to have you to come and play some quiet background music. And if you um, are one of the folk who's part of the church family who loves to pray for people who are sick, then why don't you come and stand behind one of these chairs? Like we, we, we practiced this a couple of weeks ago. So if you are experienced in praying for people who are sick, we'd love you to come and stand by a chair. And if you or someone you've come on behalf of needs some healing, then why don't you come and sit on a chair? That would be great. And so um, it could be for one of those things that we've already mentioned, or it might be that you've come with a different kind of need today. And we would love it if you would just come and sit down so that we can pray. I also felt there's a lady here who's called Claudia. I just had the name Claudia, um, who needs something. She may not be here, or maybe someone you know. Lovely. And there's plenty of time, so if there isn't a spare chair, you need... Oh, there we go. Here's a foot. We're hobbling, so that's a good one. We've had a word for feet, so great. (laughs) Yeah, we can do more chairs, or you can just come and wait. Lovely. Just come and grab a chair. Why don't you put some more chairs in if we need some? That'd be great. I felt somebody maybe had a problem with, um, like, a detached uh, retina, and um, kind of just also just deteriorating um, bone. Uh, Maybe somebody that um, just... You know, the 26th of July is something significant. Maybe it's their birthday or maybe it's when they got married or something happened. I'm just stepping out on that one. And God just particularly wanting to bless them and meet them. Lovely. Okay. So let's pause there. So is everybody sitting on a chair got someone to pray with them? If you haven't, could you wave a hand, please? We need some more ladies to come. So if you're a lady who knows how to pray for the sick because you've been part of the church family here and you've had a practice before, we'd love you to go and join one of these ladies, please. That would be great. And so, oh, we need some more men too. Great. And so, what we're going to do very practically is that we're going to find out what's gone on, what it is that needs healing. We're going to pray for that issue. And then we're going to test it out if it's possible and see how things are getting on. So, if you haven't got anyone praying with you, wave a hand in the air. Yeah, one lady over there. Two more ladies. We want two more ladies. No? Okay, then if you just hang on there, someone will come over shortly. And the rest of us, why don't we stand together? And the band are going to lead us in some worship songs. And in a few minutes, we're going to listen out and see what's happening.